0: Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10:30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning, Christ Community Church. All righty. First things first. uh Kids, if you haven't already gone to class, you're free or dismissed to go to your classes. And um, speaking of classes, for the rest of you in here, if you picked up a bulletin, and you should, because you should take one of these um, with you every week, especially the prayer list, and just be praying over whoever is is in there. Um, But you'll see a little note down there that with Patrick and Eddie, returning to Uganda. We need uh, more teachers back in the galaxy. Um, I've done it. It's fourth through uh, fourth and fifth graders, and they're great, and so it's, and they ask a lot of questions and all kinds of stuff. It's not like, you know, some of the younger ones who are trying to, you know, herd cats, little ankle biters, you know, and stuff like that. These are, these are you know, these are good kids, and, and they, uh, they really listen well. Well, I have been gone for a while. Um, I was sick last weekend, and The weekend before that i was here kind of i was groggy um my son jackson goes off to college uh, pretty soon real college not online college uh liberty university and back because his birthday was in june he was graduating in june and and um so i said what do you want for you know and well i gave him a couple options and he decided that we would go to joe bob's drive-in jamboree in lehighton pennsylvania so that's what we did, and uh, show him the picture, because that's where we were. Um, that is Jackson there with Joe Bob in the middle. You can see Jackson, and by the way, Joe Bob is that big, Jackson's six foot one. Joe Bob's a big guy, uh, if you remember him from like TNT and stuff like that. And so, yeah, he's a big guy, but to get that picture, even though we had VIP tickets for his birthday and graduation, we had to wait in line for two hours It was 92 degrees with 80-some percent humidity, and so the irony is that night, Joe Bob did his presentation, which is called How Redneck Saved Hollywood, and building up to what he argues is the greatest movie of all time, Smokey and the Bandit, and so we we were standing in line for two hours in this, this horrible sun and humidity, and And uh, so the irony was that when he did his How Redneck Saved Hollywood, I by that time had a redneck. So, but uh, it was a lot of fun and we, you know, we decided to drive instead of fly because I just thought, you know, instead of being all masked up and all that kind of stuff, spend eight hours in the car with my son before we went off to college and and, um, we were driving back and I was getting ready to drop him off and he looked at me and said, Dad, I'm really glad that you and I got to do this before I left and things got a little dusty in the car, I'll be honest, Um, a little dusty. But it was great. We're going to finish up Philippians this morning. So open your Bible, your Bible app to Philippians three. We're going to do three and four. It's not going to take that long. I'm not going to go long. I promise you. For no other reason, uh, uh, Megan's puppies are being sit, and they can the sitter can only have them until about noon. So I got to run out of here and go get the puppy, her puppies, um, who I'm pretty sure she likes more than me now. But anyway, Paul, if you haven't noticed yet. When we've gone through Ephesians, now in Philippians, next week we'll start Colossians. Paul writes with confidence. He writes as a man who has confidence in eternity. And I want to talk about that for a second, that, that confidence, and what that should mean to all of us. You know, when mom and dad started this church, the, the, one of the things that was under it was, Um, You go back and look at the Daily Times article, and back in like 1970, I guess it was when it launched, and the one quote from Dad in it is, we want every single person here to know that they're going to go to heaven when they die, to know that, and have that kind of confidence. I was, um, as you all know, uh, because I am sanctified, I'm a Kentucky fan, and why are you laughing? That's true. It's it's somewhere in Leviticus, I'm sure. But anyway, it's, and I was reading this. How many of you remember Joby Hall when he was coach of Kentucky and led him to the national championship in 78? But before that, in 1975, Kentucky was playing undefeated Indiana in the final four. Indiana was the heavy favorite to win it all, Everybody thought they were going to stomp Kentucky. They beat them earlier in the year. There was some controversy there because Bobby Knight was the coach of Indiana. He ended up pushing Joe B. Hall in an argument and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Joe B. Hall, before that game, walked in, grabbed the chalkboard. Everybody's expecting X's and O's. Here's, how, here's what we're going to do. Here are the plays. Here's now, he put four words on that chalkboard. Net, bus, police coliseum he said when we win i want you to use scissors carefully to cut down the net then i want everybody to get on the bus no family no friends just the team when we hit the kentucky state line the state police will escort us back to campus back to the coliseum where we'll celebrate and he turned around and walked out And they won. And it went just like that. He did not tell them how they were going to win. He said, we've already won. Here's what's going to happen now that we have this victory. When Paul is writing to the churches, he is trying to tell them, we've already won. Here's just what's going to happen until we celebrate that victory together. Philippians 3. 3 3-1. Finally... My family, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Now notice this. He says rejoice. That is happiness beyond happiness. It's ecstatic happiness, and he's, he's commanding them to have this. And he says this joy, this joy that you have will safeguard you, will protect you. Why? Well, he's going to spell it out. First he says, verse 2, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. See, Paul had opponents who were teaching falsely that to become a Christian you first had to become a Jew. The way a male becomes a Jew is to be circumcised. Most people in the Roman Empire weren't circumcised. And Paul argued against that, thankfully. He's saying that, no, that's, you're, you're undercutting the grace of Jesus Christ. There's nothing else you have to do to become a Christian other than accept the grace of Jesus Christ. As I said again and again, what does Jesus say on the cross? He does not say it is beginning. He says, it is finished. He says, so beware of them. Don't pay them any mind. Beware of false teachers. We are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in in the flesh. And he uses two different words in Greek that unfortunately are not translated very well in, in some English translations. There are Greek words soma and there sarks. Paul has nothing against our bodies. He does not think our bodies are inherently evil. He's saying just don't put your confidence in that sarks, this decaying stuff. Put your confidence in Christ Jesus. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day, nation of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be in loss In view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, or my King, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. And that is a kind translation of that Greek word. So that I may gain Christ. I may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness or right standing, right relationship, which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus, Family, do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. And some of you need to hear that. The past is past, but we have forgiveness in Christ. Reminds me of the story. This priest was told that a woman. Was hearing the voice of God and the church said go investigate he said okay he went to see the woman and she's talking and he's not buying any of it and finally says I tell you what I'll tell you what I'm gonna leave here and I'm gonna go to confession and I'm gonna confess my sins and when I come back in a couple days you ask God you talk to God about that and then you tell me what God said about my confession what sins I have committed. She said, okay. He went back to the church, confessed. He came back a few days later. He sat down with the woman and said, well, did you talk to God? She said, I did. He said, well, I confessed my sins. What were they? And the woman said, God told me to tell you he doesn't remember. Gone. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal this to you also. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Now, remember the heading here. What's Paul? He's talking all this stuff about don't have any confidence in any of this stuff in this world. Don't place all your confidence in Christ. But... That's not his main argument. How did he begin? Rejoice in the Lord. I command you, rejoice. This is part of it. By prioritizing our relationship with God, by not having confidence in anything else, not money, not fame, not power, nothing, but in Christ Jesus is how we can find that joy. Family, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. There he is, false teachers again. Unfortunately, the world is still filled with them. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory. In other words, what Paul is saying is one of these days, folks, we get a body like Christ had. What did Christ have when He was resurrected? It was still a physical body, but eternal. Eternal. By the exertion of the power that He has, even to subject all things to Himself. He's coming back around. Have that confidence. Know you one day will be not just in heaven, but the new heavens and the new earth where Jesus will reign supreme. Therefore, my beloved family, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge, you do you, and I can never say that right, and I urge Syntycheus, To live in harmony in the Lord. You know, some scholars actually argue that the main reason Paul wrote Philippians was so that these two women in the church would quit fussing at each other. Could you imagine if a New Testament book had to be written every time two ladies in the church were fussing at each other? It would look like the Library of Congress. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement. Now, Clement, we have writings of Clement. Clement survived to around the first century. Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Here we go again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say rejoice. All this ties into that. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your re- request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, some people take this verse out of context and twist it. Right? Let your requests be known to God. You know, yes, but... You know, you can't take this out of context. What did he say before? Because I've seen people say, you know, well, if I want that new Mercedes or I want that new Cadillac or I want, I want a you know, promotion at work or stuff like that. No, no, no. What did he just say? Don't have confidence in any of that stuff. Have confidence in Christ Jesus. And rejoice in Christ Jesus. Then let your requests be known. And by the way, if, you, if that happens, if the Spirit changes your heart that way, guess what? Your requests are going to change. You're going to request for less stuff and pray for more spirit, and for the spirit to move across our land into revival. Finally, family, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise dwell on these things, That verse has also been abused. Paul would say, Paul was well-versed in philosophy and in rhetoric and, and so forth. But, you know, the things that Paul would consider right and pure and beautiful are things that do not contradict Scripture. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Now, at last, you have received your concern, revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now, what they mean by that is, Paul had been in prison, you'll remember, in Israel. Now he's been moved, and so he's closer to them. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be convenient, uh, content in whatever circumstances I am. Can't speak this morning. I think it's because Megan screwed up that song. Um, I have to be content in whatever circumstances I am. And he's in prison. Remember that. We've talked about that. He's in prison, and he's rejoicing. He loves it. It's just, Paul thinks it's great. I told you. He's, he's in prison. They have a Roman centurion shackled to him. And you know what Paul's attitude is? Praise God. He's got to listen to me preach all day long. He's got, he, he can't go anywhere. He loves it. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity, because he's probably a rich kid. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. That's another one of those verses that gets just... Twisted it around. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But what, do you can't take this out, but what has Paul been saying? First, rejoice in the Lord. Have confidence in the Lord. Nothing else. Then you can do all things through him. He's not talking about a basketball game. He's talking about people who have been changed by the Holy Spirit, and now want the things of the Spirit. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. Now notice that. There's a reason I wanted to cover four today along with three. He is saying that by them sending gifts, probably money, to help with Paul's preaching so he can continue to travel and carry his scrolls and and continue to plant churches and disciple leaders, he says this is to your heavenly account. What you all have done by investing in Patrick and Eddie is to your heavenly account. Keep that in mind. And I know you don't want to see them go, but they got work to do. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, Real quick before I move on, you know I'm a Greek geek, so i got to do this. Don't tell my seminary Greek professor. He always threatened us. If we use Greek from the pulpit, he'd go back and give us a retroactive F, but I'm going to do this anyway. The word amen we sometimes use almost like an exclamation point or the period to a holy sentence. The word amen actually means not just so that it may, may it be so, It actually means, may it be so, and you can trust in it. It's a little bit wider than that. He begins and nearly ends with what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Be happy. Be happy. And by and large, you're a pretty happy bunch, but the church as a whole, throughout North America and Canada, we need some help. Ever been in one of those churches? Because, you know, I've worked in churches in Texas and in New York and West Virginia and here. And I you walk into those churches and you hear the people singing. And they're supposed to be singing a joyful song. And it sounds like they just took an ambient two hours ago. Rejoice in the Lord. Really? Just go take a nap. You know. We need to learn to laugh together and, just, and, 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 and to smile and, and, and know that our confidence is in Christ Jesus. Know that we have nothing to lose. Look, we have people with serious health issues going through right now in this church, and you should be praying for them. But I know those people, and I want them to get well, and I am praying that they will get well, that they will continue to serve Jesus here. But I know that the people on this list, if they go to be with the Lord, they die, they go to be with the Lord. We're worse off, they're much better. And that should give you a kind of confidence that brings you that joy, that happiness beyond happiness. But where do you get your happiness? I had to do a self audit. Too often, where do I get my happiness? Sports, pizza. You combine those two things, and I'm really happy. That's okay, I'll get it. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) That's all right. Just kidding. Uh, Where, as a Christian, do you find your joy? And I know it's tough because it's tough to even speak of heaven and the new heavens and the new earth because the Bible speaks so little of it. We don't really, it's kind of hard for us to even imagine it, but there's a reason why I think the Bible doesn't talk a lot about it. I don't think words can describe it. Not accurately. Not accurately. He says, look, he says a lot of things here in 3 and 4, but all connected to this part of joy. Don't have confidence in anything else. That's a tough one, isn't it? I tell you, it was, you know, it was an answer to prayer, but it's also, you know, I had to be careful. Um, It's now, the cat's out of the bag, so many of you know, uh, my wife Megan has spent the last more than six years now, I guess, at working at Kentucky Christian University. Um, She's got a new job. She's now going to be vice president of planned giving for the Solomon Foundation. And those of you know, Solomon is a Christian financial institution that primarily Helps growing churches buy their own buildings and and land and, and, and so forth. And so it was a pay raise that came along just as the tuition bills for Liberty University were coming to me for my son. And they're steep. You know, he got a scholarship on tuition, but unfortunately, there's room. I mean, he wants to have a place to live. Can you believe how selfish he is? Live, he wants to eat you know, that kind of stuff, Um, and that all happened, and I'm proud of her, but I had to be careful when she was telling me this, because the first thing that I thought of sinfully was, oh, we can pay the bills, we don't have to, like, cut, like, I don't know, electricity or something like that out of our budget, praise God, but I should have gone first, praise God, then thought about all the other stuff, but I didn't. Why? Because that temptation is right there. Got a bill? Need money. And it's easy to put your confidence in money. I don't have a problem with Christians becoming wealthy, working hard. Nothing wrong with that at all. I live by John Wesley's old saying. John Wesley used to say to Christians, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, give away as much as you can. and that's wonderful, but that's not where our confidence should be. I want my son to be successful. He's going to film school. I think he's going to the only Christian film school in the world, but he wants to be a filmmaker. That's a tough business. You can make it really big, or you can just languish in poverty, but I've told him, as proud of him as I am and as much as I want him to succeed as a filmmaker, if he ends up being a ditch digger or janitor or whatever, as long as his faith is in Jesus Christ, I'm good. I'm good. Because that's what's most important. We are so tempting. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. It's so tempting to put, your, put all your confidence in what with your kids into sports or into what school they go to or what program they get into, how many extracurricular activities they have. What about the Lord? I'd rather have my son be a poor Christian than a wealthy, successful atheist. Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your confidence? And I've said it before, you show me your checkbook, I'll show you your true religion. And we're all guilty. We're all guilty. And yet, the inspired word of God, what God gave Paul to write to the Philippians for us to have, says that that's not how you find joy. You find joy by confidence in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Not stuff, not status. Um, I've said this before, but years ago when I was um, working for ADF, I had a wonderful couple that were donors in Charlottesville, Virginia. I loved to go down there. That old farmhouse that I'd stay in, beautiful old farmhouse. Nice people, good Christian people, and they held a little fundraiser, and I came, and I spoke, and they introduced me to two missionaries that they were supporting, and I started talking to them, and they had a lot of questions about me, and my job, and what I was doing, and so it took a while, but it just very quickly, You ever meet somebody, and it's like, these are just wonderful, happy people. These are just really pleasant people at peace with the world, and themselves, and so forth, just just pleasant as can be. Thank Ralph Clay. It was like meeting a couple of Ralph Clays. And I'm sitting there talking to them, and they're just all smiles, and they're laughing. Joyful people, people with happiness beyond happiness. And I finally got around, so where are you guys missionaries? Iran. What? Can you do that in Iran? They go, they're just smiling, go, well, not legally. (laughs) How do you do that? takes a while. These are an underground church? Underground churches, Yep. Yeah. yeah. How many Christians do you have? Thousands. Aren't you afraid you'll get caught? Oh, we probably will. <laughs> and, you know, they, I, my brain went one of two ways. The first thing was, you're missionaries, but are you drunk? You know. Um, and the, but the other one went, no, these were just, these were two people who did exactly what Paul said and they found joy and they had no fear no fear and I don't even know where that couple is right now because when they go back to plant churches when they they have to escape across the border to get back here to raise funds then when they sneak back in nobody knows where they're they have to go dark they have to go underground they could be in prison they could be I don't know but they found joy What Paul is saying is that, and I hope all of you are Christians, and if you're not, come up and talk to me afterwards, but, but we'll kind of have to walk and talk because i got to go pick up the puppies. But anyway, But anyway, if you're a Christian, you need to know this. What the Bible is saying to you, what the Word of God is saying to you is, of course you have salvation. If you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you have salvation. But Paul is saying you can also have joy. But you've got trust. you got trust. And that's the tough part. I love um, stories about revivals. And I was reading one this week. There was a revival that swept through Scotland and Wales in the 19th century, brought a lot of people to faith. One of those was a guy named Billy Bray. Billy Bray was a miner, coal miner. And he came to Christ at the age of 29. But up until 29, this is where Billy and I have a lot in common, he was, in dad's words, not worth shooting. He was drunk, he was abusive to his family, he was greedy, he was foul-tempered, he was violent. Then he came to faith, and he became known in the mining community as, quote, God's glad man. Everywhere, he was just as happy as could be, and as peaceful as could be. But like a lot of coal miners there, he had a little plot of land, tried to raise a little extra food for his family. And he was out there one day and he was plucking some potatoes and they didn't look very good. And Billy Bray swore that the devil spoke to him. Satan said to Billy, see, God doesn't love you, give you such poor food For your family. Billy Bray said, Satan, I served you long and true for 29 years. You had no better servant than me. But when I served you, you didn't give me anything but pain and strife, nothing. He said, I have a lighter yoke now. And finally, with a command, he turned, told Satan to go away. With his parting words, he said to Satan, you need to understand. I would rather be in hell with Jesus than in heaven without Jesus. For hell with Jesus would just seem like heaven to me. And heaven without Jesus would just seem like hell to me. And that's all that matters. That's what Paul's talking about. Billy Bray, just, it wasn't just this huge conversion where he put down the bottle and unclenched his fist he placed Jesus Christ at the very center of his life and trusted him and him only and not only did he get salvation but he became God's glad man don't you want that for yourself? Give it a try. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the salvation that we have. We did nothing to earn. That by your son going to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, we have forgiveness. By him granting us his perfect life to be judged by, we have eternity with you. But in your grace upon grace... You're saying we can have true joy, happiness beyond happiness as well. And I pray that for this church, for all your churches, I pray it for myself. That I would fight the temptation of Satan to find security in anything but you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, folks, I know that one of the things you're going to want to do is, uh, Megan, if you could find where Patrick and Eddie are, and you want to make sure they're back there somewhere so people can say uh, farewell to them. But remember, we're Christians. It's never a final farewell, no matter what happens. We want to have Patrick and Eddie back to this church again one day and report what they've done. But if I'm not here, you're not here, something happens to them. For those of us who have placed faith in Jesus Christ, we'll see Him again. Lord willing, I'll see you again. God bless you. God goes with you. See you. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.